Well, cool. So good morning, everyone. Um, I'm excited to be here. Today is a good day. It's my first time up here with you all. Um, my name is Zach. As you said, I am the youth pastor here. Uh, some of you guys know me. Some of you guys don't know me. Um, some of you guys know my name, at least now. Um, I grew up in SoCal. Anyone from SoCal? Shout out. All right. Woo-woo. All right. Yeah, I'm from SoCal. Loving it out here. But I grew up out there. I grew up in a town called Marietta which is just about an hour north of San Diego, Inland Empire, shout out again. Um, But I am the oldest of three brothers. I got two younger brothers. Um, I'm 25, my middle brother is 23, and my youngest brother is 21. And um, we all grew up as uh, what we call PKs, which is um, pastor's kids my whole life. My dad's been a pastor my whole life, even until I was in about fifth grade, he was the youth pastor. And um, man, so many memories of the poor, poor souls of the high schoolers and other young adults that had to babysit me and my two younger brothers. We were not easy. Karma's probably coming my way eventually. Um, But here's a picture of my family. Um, As you can see, uh, those are my two brothers. The tallest one is actually my youngest brother, which as an older brother, when your youngest brother gets way bigger than you, it's not fun. Let me just put it that way. Uh, that's my other brothers and my parents. That is me. And as you can see, that lovely lady in the middle is my wife, Angelina. Um, we've been married since September, September 21st, and it has been amazing pretty much every day since then. Uh, and this was recently, we were in Tahoe visiting some family over Thanksgiving. We could just take a second to marvel at her, right? I'm a lucky man. All right, that's enough. All right, she's, she's my wife. Okay. Um, but yes, I've loved it as my wife. She has been the biggest supportive um, person in my life being up here, and it's been awesome. Um, so also, um, I can juggle. In case you don't know that, I can juggle. It's like the only cool talent I can brag about is I can juggle. I should have brought something up here to prove it. Trust me, I can. Um, but anyways, um, I love being here. I love working with teenagers. Um, so much awesome stuff happening with um, Riot, which is our high school ministry. We meet on Thursday nights and Uprising, which is our middle school ministry, which meets um, second service here Sunday morning. Uh, We got uh, a winter retreat coming up really soon. The first weekend of March, we are taking both the middle school and the high school group up to Emigrant Gap at the Sierra Woods Lodge. Um, It's going to be a super, super fun time. We're leaving Friday. We're coming back Saturday. Um, There's going to be worship there. We're going to have small group time. We're praying for snow because we want to go snow tubing and just make it a really fun day. So that's why my number's up there. Um, My number and my email, whichever way is easier for you to contact me. If you got a middle school or high school, we want everyone to go. This is going to be super cost friendly. Um, We are super excited about it. So go ahead and let me know if you want to sign up your middle school or a high schooler. We also got summer camp coming up. We're taking um, middle schoolers and high schoolers up to Hume. Hume is Literally like the best camp ever if you've ever been to Hume. It's literally like the best camp ever. So we're going there again this summer. Again, we're opening up registration soon, so make sure you um, text me, take a picture of that. There's my email. Um, Make sure you let me know soon. So anyways, enough about all that. Let's get into what we are talking about today. We are in our last week of our series, Love Thy Neighborhood. You got to say it like that. Love Thy Neighborhood, right? We live in our hood. Um. And it's been a great series. I don't know if you guys have been like me. This has been a really um, challenging series, right? We've been left with some really, um, really great challenges. Um, <clears throat> for the first challenge we were left with was um, just get to know the eight names of your neighbors, right? Start by just getting to know the eight names of your neighbors. The second challenge was get to know the dreams and aspirations of your neighbors. Otherwise, get to know them a little bit deeper, um, the third challenge we had was um, identify that person of peace in your neighborhood, 
In other words, find that person that you connect with in order to begin to reach your neighbors. And lastly, what we talked about last week was partner with that person of peace to bless your neighborhood in a big way. And we said just by throwing a party, a Super Bowl party, do whatever kind of party with your neighborhood by Easter. And that was a challenge we were left with. And so what we are talking about today essentially is what kind of brings this all together. Right? What I'm calling what we're talking about today is sort of the victory step. Right? If we can do these things, then this is going to be essentially the victory step in what we can do with our neighbors and the people around us. And again, so why we're even talking about any of this is we're looking at what Jesus says to be the most important thing we can do. Read in Matthew um, 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus says this. He says, so when it says, when it's in red, read it along with me, okay? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the and commandment. But then he says this. He says, the second is which means they're a package deal. You can't have the first one without the second one. The second is like it. So, and the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. So he's pretty much saying you can't love the Lord of God with everything you have and not love your neighbor, right? They're a package deal. And, he's, and Jesus says this, right? He's talking about your neighbors. Of course, here when Jesus is talking about your neighbors, he's talking about really just everyone we come into contact with, right? Your neighbors are basically just, you, got, you can't love God without loving people. But what if we actually started to take what Jesus said here a little more literally? What if we started by loving our actual neighbors, right? And the reason why this is so important, a man by the name of Jay in the book, The Art of Neighboring, says this. He says, the problem is when we aim for everything, we hit nothing. So when we insist we're neighbors with everybody, often we end up being neighbors with nobody. Right? There's a saying that goes, aim small, miss small. Right? When if you're just aiming for, you don't know what you're aiming for, the chances of your missing are very wide. But if you can focus your aim on what you're aiming for, the chances of missing are a lot smaller. Um, so I, I love basketball, in case you guys don't know that. I'm a huge basketball fan. I grew up playing basketball. Um, I played all growing up. I have unfortunately torn my ACL, not once, but twice. And I have, my last surgery was in April. Um, hopefully I'm getting back out there pretty soon. Cross my fingers. I can't go through another ACL surgery. Um, but I love playing basketball. I grew up playing. Um, and while I was a kid playing basketball, one of my friends from school, his dad was the basketball coach. And we, everyone knew him as Coach T. That's what we called him, Coach T. Uh, it was Tara Bell Dub. Everyone called him Coach T. And he, he wasn't just any basketball coach. Okay? He was the high school basketball coach. But not just any high school basketball coach. He was the, the high school basketball coach. Right? He was our city's Greg Popovich. And if you know who that is, you know what I'm saying. Right? He, was just, he was just a man. And so um, before we even got to high school, his son was my age, and we played on a lot of the same basketball teams. And so from time to time, his dad would come and be a part of our practice and help us out and, you know, be involved. And I remember there was one, there was one practice. I was just out shooting around, um, just in warm-ups, and his dad came up to me and he said, hey, Zach, when you, when you shoot, um, here's what I want you to do. I want you just to aim for the very front of the basket when you shoot, right? In other words, when you shoot, he said, don't just, don't just chuck your shot up looking at the whole basket. He's like, I want you to aim for the very front of the rim, Right? Sometimes when people give that advice, maybe they say the back of the rim, maybe I'm shooting too hard, I don't know. But I just remember he told me, I want you to just aim for the very smallest part of the rim when you shoot, 
And he said, you're going to hit your shot so much more. Aim small, miss small. And so today what we're talking about, we're talking about um, sharing your story. We're talking about sharing your story. And um, we've been using this acronym um, BLESS, right? This is sort of Adventure's missional acronym. Um, This is the way that we believe we can be out loving our neighbors. This is the way we are out bringing hope to the people around us, bringing hope to our neighbors, right? And we've kind of broke these down over the past couple of weeks. Uh, We talked about B as a reminder for us to begin each day with prayer, right? Just be praying, be praying for your neighbors, be praying how God can use you. Um, L is a reminder for us just to listen, right? When we're out with our neighbors, are we listening? Are we listening to what they're talking about, their needs, um, eat. This is, the, this is the funnest one, right? We all love to eat. Just be open to um, going out to dinner with your neighbors, being inviting them over for dinner, going out to dinner, whatever. It's being able to spend time eating together. And S is for serve, right? If, you're, if you see your neighbor needs a light bulb change, if they need a jump on the car, just be willing to jump in and be available to serve your neighbors. And so today what we're talking about is S, for reminding us to share our story. If we are out doing all of these things, then we're going to be open to the opportunity now to share our story. And here's what we're going to walk away with knowing today. When it comes to sharing our story, if we can learn to free time, when sharing our story, we're going to hit our shot every time. Sharing our story. Let me go ahead and ask you guys this. How many of you guys um, love movies with a great story? Okay, I want you guys to raise your hand if you like any of these movies. Um, how about how about this one? Um, Unbroken, right? Not only is it a true story, raise your hand, and just you know, be proud of it. Okay, yeah, it's a great movie, right? Not only is it a is it a great story, it's a true story, a story of redemption, of perseverance, right? It's and it's it's a really great movie. Um, how about this one? Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. Where are my Where are my Star Wars nerds at? All right, my hands up too. Um, it's a great movie, right? It's not all. It's when Darth Vader takes down Luke and it, or takes down the Emperor for his son Luke, and it's just a story of redemption, right? It's a great movie. Um, how about this one? Anyone remember this movie? Oh, okay, yeah. Was, I mean, it's a true story again too. It's such an an inspiring movie. Um, how about this one? Who, who just loves the classic, right? C.S. Lewis. Maybe anyone have to read the books? I remember I had to read the books when I was in school, and I got to see the movie. It's a really cool movie. Um, how, about, or how about this one? How about Lord of the Rings? It's like the greatest adventure movie, no pun intended, but the greatest like literal adventure movie um, that is out there. Lord of the Rings. I love it. Frodo, um, Sam. And then last but not least, where are my Braveheart people at? All right, yeah, it's like I was like, yeah, like Braveheart, they're proud to raise their hand. Braveheart's a good one, right? William Wallace fighting for his country is such a, um, again, it's such an inspiring story. Um, a man by the name of uh, Matt Raglan breaks down for us, um, basically there's five components that make a powerful story. Whatever the story is, whether it's a movie, a story told, those movies, those stories that inspire us, right? Those stories that move us. He says, every powerful story has these five components that make a powerful story. And here's what he said they are. He says, the first one is a powerful story is one that resonates with us. Or we, and we can see it just as we go through these, see if you agree with these. A powerful story is one that resonates with us. Secondly, he says, a powerful story show the light and the dark, right? There's always a clear depiction of, of a conflict of what is right versus what is wrong, Thirdly, he says a powerful stories point to a greater cause, right? The characters are always fighting for something that's bigger than themselves. Fourthly, a powerful story um, teaches something. There's always a, a lesson to be learned. 
And fifthly, they leave room for interpretation. Right? Basically, the lessons to be learned are open to figure out how you want to apply that to your own life. Right? Five components that make a powerful story. Now, before you get ahead of me, I can just, I'm just going to you know, use my mind reading skills right now. I'll just assume some of you guys are sitting in here going, okay, Zach's talking about sharing a story. He just listed five components of sharing a story uh, that make a powerful story. Oh, brother. He's going to tell me I got to have all five of those things. I got to learn all five of these things in order to share my story. I don't know if I want to listen anymore. Good news for you. All five of these components, all faith in Jesus, all five of those things are already a part of your story. You already have a powerful story. And here's the thing, again, if we can just learn to focus our aim when sharing our story, no matter who we're sharing it to, we're going to hit our shot every time. But before we can move on, I feel like I need to just probably cut to the real problem we all have. Now, the biggest problem we all have is this. We maybe have heard this verse before. Um, it's known as the Great Commission from Jesus. And Jesus says this in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. Jesus says, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Right, that word, go and make disciples, right? Ooh, that's a big word. That sounds like a hard thing to do, right? Go and make disciples. That sounds hard. That sounds complicated. Even the idea of having to go out and share your faith, right? Some of you guys are like squirming in your chair right now. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't know if I like the sound of that. Going and sharing your faith, it's difficult. It's hard. And so really, I think there's two primary reasons why we as Christians don't share our faith. Why we aren't, why we aren't willing to share our story and why we aren't willing to share our faith. Um, the first one is probably the most tragic reason, and it's this, is that we as Christians are living a spiritually dry life. In other words, there's no desire to want to go and share our faith with anyone. In Acts 4, we read of Peter and John, and they're, at this point, Jesus had come, and he had resurrected, and he had risen, and the disciples were out spreading the word of Jesus to everybody. And Peter and John were talking about Jesus, and they are telling everyone they could about what they had seen and what they had experienced, and they were being persecuted, and at this point they had been captured, and they had been told, you got to stop talking about this Jesus guy to everyone. And here's how they responded in Acts 4.20. They say this. They say, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. In other words, they said, we can't stop, right? We can't, we can't help but keep telling everyone about what we have experienced, Right? It's easy for us to talk about the things that we love. Right? For example, no one is going to force me to have to bring a basketball hoop up here and talk about basketball. No one's going to force me to have to talk about the Super Bowl when it happens and if Tom Brady wins, whether I half respect him and half hate him all at the same time. Um, no one forces me to have to talk about my beautiful wife and how much I love her cooking when she cooks great dinner. Right? No, one, no one forces me to have to talk about the things that we love. But if we aren't experiencing God in that way, and there's going to be no desire for us to even want to go and tell anyone else about it. So we're living a spiritually dry life is why we don't share our faith. And here's the second one. Here's, here's the one that I think kind of resonates with a lot of us is that um, we just don't know how. We don't know how to share our faith. Um, here's what I want to do. I want to do this for a second. I need a couple volunteers to, we're going to come up here and you're going to shoot a basketball. 
Real easy, right? Real simple, right? I need a couple. If you don't play basketball, it doesn't worry. If you play basketball, great. But um, just someone be brave. I need a couple volunteers to shoot a basketball. If not, I might call on somebody. Uh, okay, you want to come up here? You can come on up here. Let's see, maybe like two more, two more people. It's real easy, right? Just shoot a basketball. You miss it, no big deal. Let's see, two more people, two more people. Mark, Mark, come on up here. I'm bringing you on up here. All right, perfect. All right, you got to have both you guys. Uh, let's see, you're going to stand right about right here. Let me get you the basketball. Um, all right, let's see. I'm going to kind of pull it over here a little bit. All right, which one of you guys want to shoot first? All right, there's a catch, though. There's a catch. Haha, <laughs> I didn't tell you the catch before you came up here. Uh, here's the catch. You've got to shoot with the hand that you don't know how to shoot with, right? If, you're, if you shoot with, you know, for example, I'm a lefty, so I would have to try and shoot with my right hand, okay? So here's the thing. You've got to try and shoot with the hand you don't know how to shoot with. You get one shot. You're going to shoot from about... Right here. You want to shoot first, buddy? Okay, right there. I'm going to try and get the rebound. Um, let's see. You guys are in the splash slash rebound zone. Put your hands up. Don't get a bloody nose right now. Okay, go for it, buddy. Oh, good job. Good job. We're going to round of applause. All right. We're going to save Mark for last. We're going we're gonna to hype him up last. All right. Uh, you're going to shoot. So shoot with your, with, your, with your offhand. Here we go. Drum roll. Oh, so close, so close. Good job. What was your name? Andrew. 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 Get up for Andrew. All right, here we go. All right, no pressure, Mark. But you're the last one. Are you going to make this? All right, offhand. Here we go. Oh, give it up for Mark, guys. Give it up for Mark. Good job. So, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? I made them shoot with the hand they don't know how to shoot, right? Everyone boo me. I'm mean. I know. Whatever. We'll get over it. Here's the thing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> shoot, shooting a basketball with a hand you don't know how to shoot with is difficult. Right? As we just saw, it's hard. And especially if you're someone, imagine if, if someone who never plays basketball, you stick them in a basketball game, and you're like, all right, score 20 points. You're like, I don't even know how to shoot a basketball. I don't even know how to play, right? The shot's going to be everywhere, right? It's going to be, it's going to, if you don't know how to shoot a basketball, if you're shooting with a hand you don't know, it's going to be off the backboard too hard. It's going to be to the right. It's going to be to the left. It's going to be too soft. It's going to be an air ball. You get the point, right? In basketball lingo, um, when you miss a shot really bad, it's called shooting a brick, right? Brick shot. I mean, you guys have heard of it. For example, everyone knows Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, when he was at the free throw line, um, he shot a lot of bricks, Okay, so just to give you an idea of what a brick is. He shot a lot of bricks at the free throw line. Here's the thing. We as Christians, when we are trying to share our story, oftentimes we're just out there shooting bricks. We don't know what we're aiming for, and we're shooting a lot of bricks out there. Um, some of the bricks that we shoot um, are one is that we just, we just uh, our story is way too long. I don't know if you guys can see that. See if I can kind of turn this over here a little bit. It's way too long, right? In other words, maybe you guys have had this happen before, right? Maybe you're, and Bill runs over, like, I got a story for you. And your neighbor, um, you see your neighbor, and you're like, oh, hey, what's going on, Bill? And Bill runs over, like, I got a story for you. And you're like, okay. And he starts telling you the story, and all of a sudden, before you know it, three hours later passed by, the dog really got to go, and he's going to sleep, the sun's went down, you're hungry, and Bill's like, and you're like, all right, Bill, you know, I really got to go. And he's like, don't wait, wait, I, I haven't even got to the best part yet. And it's like, oh my gosh, right? Another brick we shoot, some share our story with people, and it's too long, it's a brick. Another brick we shoot sometimes when we're trying to share our story is it's, um, let's see if I can jump up here, 
it's, it's too fuzzy, right? In other words, maybe you've, had, maybe you've heard this too, right? Someone's trying to share a story. Maybe they're trying to share their Jesus story with you, and it's just everywhere, right? They start by telling you then they were five years old, and they went to the church for the first time, and then they're telling you about when they went to church last week, and then they were in the military, and then somehow they're talking about eating a cheeseburger, and then they're talking about they felt the Holy Spirit, and you're just like, dude, what are you telling me right now? Brick, it's too fuzzy. Another brick we shoot sometimes is um, this word, religiosity. Um, basically what happens is that when this happens is when people are trying to share their story, and they try and just use all these big church words, right, to sound really smart. They start talking to someone trying to share their story, and they're talking about sanctification and, and the atonement and eschatology and the risen Savior and being born again, and they're using it all in one sentence. And, you know, if, if you're talking to a non-Christian, that doesn't really mean anything. You're like, dude, what are, you, what are you talking about? What are you trying to tell me? And lastly, the worst shot out of all the shots you can shoot is a shot that we never take, right? You miss 100% of the shots that you never take. What ends up happening here is sometimes we just get, we just get too scared of like, what if they ask me questions, right? What if, like, what, if, what if they ask me questions I'm not ready for? For a lot of us, the idea of sharing our faith means we got to be ready with all the facts, right? You got to be ready for a debate. You got to be ready um, to prove to them why their disbelief in God is wrong and why your belief in God is right, and so sometimes what ends up happening is we just, we just don't even share faith at all because we're too scared of not having all the answers. And thirdly, we just kind of wonder, how do you even get a conversation started? Right? If they're not coming up to you asking you questions, right? you, can't just, you can't just, well, I mean, you can try this. This may work, probably won't. You can't just go to your random neighbor's door who you don't even know, right? Knock on their door, they have them answer. Let me tell you why you need Jesus, sinner. What's going to happen? They're probably going to slam the door shut in your face. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So how do you do this? How do you, how do you share your faith um, with others, right? How do we, basically, how do we aim when sharing our story so that we hit the shot every time? And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at um, John chapter 9 today. John chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up there. Um, pull out your phones. Everyone has a Bible app nowadays. Sit back, relax, look at the screen, whatever you want to do. But here in John 9, this is, um, this is where the story where Jesus heals a blind man. And here in the story, um, we have Jesus' disciples coming up to Jesus and asking Jesus, you know, why is this man blind? Was it because of his sin? Was it because of his father's sin? Was it because of his mother's sin? You know, what sin caused this man to be blind? And so here was Jesus' response to them. Here's what he says in John 9, 3. It says it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents. Check this out. He says this. He says, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. But it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And before I go any further, I feel like I just need to say this. Some of us in here this morning, we're coming in here right now feeling like we hate our story. We're talking, Zach, you're telling me to share my story. I hate my story. I hate the fact that I got to deal with this depression, this, this anxiety. I hate the fact that I got to carry this pain of, of experiencing the loss of a loved one, the pain of, of what's going on in my marriage, the pain of a divorce, the pain of um, these temptations that I'm having to struggle with. And you're coming in here this morning, whatever your situation is, asking the big question, why? 
right? Why is God allowing me to go through this? Why is God, why, did, why does God not take this away from me? How come God doesn't stop this? Why didn't God save them? Why am I having to struggle with this? And you're asking why? But I think if God wanted to tell you something in this morning, I think he wants to tell you that he's trying to wake you up to the fact that God is wanting to demonstrate the power in your life. He's wanting to demonstrate the change that can come in your life. In other words, that God wants to be the answer to your struggle so that your struggle can be the story that points others to Jesus. Let me say that again. God wants to be the answer to your struggle so that your struggle can become the story that points others to Jesus. God wants to be the answer to your struggle so that your struggle can be the story that points others to Jesus. In other words, God wants to begin to make your mess the message. God wants to begin to start using your struggle. He wants to begin to start demonstrating his power in your life so that your life can be the story, so that your story can become his story. God wants to make your mess the message. And so the story continues in John. And Jesus spits in the ground and he makes some mud. And I'm just going to take a timeout break right there. Right? If you've ever seen anyone hawk and spit... Not the prettiest thing, right? I got spit on the face in fourth grade. It wasn't, wasn't spiritual. <laughs> so I'd imagine the disciples were probably just like, okay, where is Jesus going with this? But Jesus spits in the ground. He makes some mud, puts it in, puts in the blind man's eyes, tells him to go and wash. The man goes and washes his eyes. And after that, he can see, right? Woohoo, miracle. And after this, he's walking around town and people begin to notice something was different about him. People begin to notice that this was the blind man who was a beggar. He was blind, but they can now see that something was clearly different about him. And he wasn't having to go up to everyone like, let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me tell you what Jesus did. People clearly saw something was different in him, and they began to approach him and ask him questions. And here's what they went on to say, um, I think beginning in verse 10. They say this. They say, how then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it in my eyes. He told me to go and wa- he told me go uh, he told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Basically, he just began to people noticed something was different about him, and when they asked him questions, he was ready just to share with them his story about how Jesus changed his life. But it wasn't long before the real Jesus haters started coming after this man. For, for the blind man, it was the Pharisees. For us in our life, um, a lot of the time, it can be anyone, right? It can be our neighbors. It can be our friends. It can be our, it can be our coworkers. It can be anyone, right? You just had a nice you know, lunch after church, and you're just trying to talk about, oh, the church service was nice. There was a really cool guy, Zach. He was talking. And you know, you're just trying to keep the conversation casual, and someone's like, what? Did you say God? Let me tell you about why I don't believe in God, why there's evil and suffering. No, 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 no. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was not ready for this debate right now. Right? This is basically what happens to the blind man. And the Pharisees come up to him and they start pressuring him with all these questions about, you know, did Jesus heal on the Sabbath? Was Jesus a, was this a sinner? You know, I'm saying all these things, throwing it at him. And I want us to look at how the blind man responds because I think there's such a lesson for us to learn in how he responded to this, um, to this berate. Here's what he says. He says this. He says, um, he answered them. Whether he is a sinner, speaking of Jesus, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. He goes, look, I can't answer all of your questions. 
All I can tell you is what Jesus has done in my life. All I know is that I was once blind and in darkness, and after I experienced Jesus, now I can see and I walk, and he has forever changed my life. He shared his story. Right? We read in 1 Peter 3.15, Peter says this, he says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And do this with gentleness and respect. In other words, Scripture is saying here, right, when people come up to you, be ready to share the hope that you have. Be ready to share your Jesus story with people. Right? That's our mission here at Adventure. Right? That we bring hope to an imperfect world, bringing Jesus' hope to an imperfect world. And the way Scripture says we begin by doing that is just by sharing your Jesus story with people. Here's what we need to understand, right? All of us in here have a story. All of us, all of us in here have a powerful story, right? If we did a testimony time, I know that would go really long. I'm probably going long already. If I did a testimony time where I brought some of you guys up here and you shared your story with people, we'd be amazed by some of the things that God has brought us through. We'd be amazed at the kind of stories of the kind of trials of the kind of hardships that God has brought many in this room through. And whether you've accepted Jesus at five years old and followed him all the way through, or whether you just accepted him yesterday, you have a powerful story. And God wants to begin to use your story to inspire others. I want us just to begin to start understanding that no matter what our story is, God wants to begin to start using your story to inspire the lives of others. Now, here's what we've we got to know going forward. It's just this. It's very simple. You don't have to know everything to share something, right? You don't have to begin to know everything to begin to share something. You don't have to have all the answers to begin to start sharing your Jesus story with people. And so here's what I want to do. I made you guys a promise, right? I told you if we can learn to focus our aim when, 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 when telling our story, we're going to hit the shot every time. So here's the first thing you got to know. When it comes to who we're sharing our story with, we got to know who we're sharing it with. Right? The first thing we have to know is that the story we're sharing it with is people that we've developed relationships with. It's the whole reason why we're out trying to bless our neighbors. It's the whole reason we're doing this front yard living, why we talked about putting a table in your front yard, putting a, a basketball hoop in your front yard. Right? My parents, I don't know if they did this for this reason, but we put a basketball hoop in our front yard when I was a kid. And as kids, we would just go run and play with the neighborhood kids. And as you begin to hang out with the neighborhood kids, your, the parents want to know the parents of the, who you're hanging out with, and they begin to click and hang out. And so the point is just send your kids out, little ambassadors in your neighborhood, and you'll be surprised at just the way if you're out there, front yard living, how you're going to begin to connect with people. So we've got to know who we're, who we're aiming at, right? It's the people we're developing relationships with. That is where we're going to have the biggest success in telling our story and having it well-received. And so secondly, here's the big one. When it comes to knowing how we aim, we have to begin just by knowing our story, Right, you got to know your story, right? What have, answer the question, why is your life better because Jesus is in it, right? Could you just answer that question if someone asked you, why is your life better because Jesus is in it? What has God brought you through? What trials has, have you went through where you've had to rely on God? What, what temptations, what, what, what was it? Right? The thing I hate hearing the most is someone who says, oh, I know I don't have a story. I've just grown up in church my whole life. It's like, don't you realize that's probably more of a powerful story? No one just happens to follow Jesus. It doesn't just happen. It's a conscious choice. It's learning to say no to everything else and yes to Jesus. And if that is your story, that's probably the most powerful story. 
right? Know your story, and most of all, know how to keep it short. <laughs> know how to keep your story short. Know how to just give it in a 45 seconds to a minute long, right? If I had to share my story in a minute, it would be, you know, I, uh, I grew up in church, right? As a PK, as someone who grew up in church, but as a very young teenager, I got uh, lured by, by all the temptations and distractions that teenagers face, and it led me to go down a road of making a lot of wrong choices, getting into a lot of partying, um, just a lot of decisions that um, were bad choices. And as I followed that rabbit trail down, the further I went, the more I realized that it was just making my life empty. And I finally came to the point in my life where I said, you know what, I'm just going to give this whole following Jesus thing 100% and just see what happens. And it was at that point that I gave Jesus everything that I began to experience what a relationship with God is truly like. And I've never felt anything more pure, more fulfilling in my life. And it's what changed me forever. Boom, right? I don't know how long that was, maybe a minute. Right? Just know how to share your story in order to keep it short. Right? Know your story. Write it down if you have to. That's the easiest way. Write it down. And so that when opportunities come up with people that you know and the conversation comes right, you're going to be ready to give your story. And here's the second thing. Here, here's the last point. <clears throat> it's know how to relate your story. Right? Know how to relate your story. And I can't tell you how important this is when learning how to aim your shot. Right, as you're beginning to get to know your neighbors, as you're beginning to get to know um, the people around you, the people that you live by, maybe you hear in conversation someone who um, maybe lost a family member, and um, it's really tough for them. Maybe you've experienced something similar, right? Loss of a, of a loved one. Now you can relate. You can relate to them how Jesus brought you through that, how you've had to rely on God, where your hope comes from. Can you answer all their questions? Can you tell them why God didn't save them? Can you tell them why this happened and why that happened? No, of course not. No one can answer those questions. But you can share with them your hope and where your hope lies. But as you begin to know the people around you, just to know that your story is how you can relate it to people, the story that you have brought through is what's going to connect you to God using your story. So know how to relate your story. And here's the last thing I want to say. Right, if, if nothing else um, even kind of made sense today, I hope so, but if nothing else made sense today, here's what you got to know. It's basically that your struggle is your story, right? Your struggle is your story. Again, God wants to be the answer to your struggle so that your struggle can be the story that points others to Jesus. When it comes to aiming our story, know, know your story. Know how to relate it to the people and what they're going through. And as you begin to do that, you're going to begin to hit your shot every time. And here's the last thing I want to say. Right, a lot of us in here this morning, we're coming in here maybe with some serious struggle. We have, and we haven't yet invited Jesus into that struggle. We haven't yet said, we've, we're still coming in here asking why, but we haven't asked God to come into the struggles that we're struggling with. Man, God's brought you in here for a reason. We're talking about this today for a reason, and God's trying to go, man, if I can just step into your struggle, if you would just invite me into what you're going through, I can be the answer for you. I can make your mess the message. I can make your struggle the story that's going to go on to inspire the people, but that can't happen unless you begin to start inviting me into the struggle, into what you're going through. Jesus wants to be a part of our struggle, and as we do that, it's going to become part of our story. So know your story, know how to relate it to people. And this is the victory step because when we do this, this is how we, when we connect with other people and build relationships, this is how God begins to use us. Amen?
Uh, we're going to watch this short it's video. Been probably 15 years. I don't think I've ever really initiated a conversation unless somebody has already kind of initiated some curiosity with me. It's, it, even when you watch Jesus, he didn't really start a whole lot of conversations. It seemed like people actually went after him. And then even when they would ask him a question, he would just sort of deal with it very quickly, and then he would sort of back up. And it seemed like they couldn't keep from continuing to go at him. I found that's the same way in my life. People will ask a question about, um, you know, how come you and Cheryl don't seem to fight that much? And, and then I tell them that we do fight, but, um, but yeah, not as much as we used to. And then they ask, well, how? How do you not fight? And I remember one guy asked me that question. I said, Joe, for me to tell you that, I'd have to be really honest about my relationship with Jesus. And he said, that's why I asked you. And so at that point, then the conversation's supernatural because he's literally asked me to tell him about Jesus. A few months ago, I had a party at my house, and we had uh, a neighbor that was my wife's real estate agent, uh, kind of head broker at her office, and uh, just a lot of friends hanging around. Some of uh, his friends, some folks that were part of our church, uh, just kind of mingling together really well. And uh, Matt came over, and he uh, he just said, "Hey." Barry and I, that's his wife, were talking the other night, and, and we just talked about how we don't have a whole lot to offer our kids. His kids were now, I think, six, seven, and eight, and I, they must have been bringing up conversations about God, and he just said, might be spiritual. Realized that um, I have nothing to offer them. That, and actually goes, I, I think I might be spiritually bankrupt. And uh, I said, well, you should work on that. And he said, I'm trying to. And then we just went back to the party, and... Uh, and then it was probably four months later, just a few weeks ago, that uh, I actually walked into his real estate office, and uh, he looked a little bit sort of bummed out, and I, I said, what's up, Matt? And he, he goes, remember that spiritual bankruptcy thing I brought up? I said, yeah. And I said, you're, like, you're not making a lot of headway on that? And he, he goes, uh, no. He goes, is there something that you could do to help me figure this out? And uh, so, yeah, so we've been talking now about God pretty naturally. I think it was assumed that Christians would live such uh, beautiful lives that people would actually go after them, knock on their door, um, call them, email them, whatever, uh, to try to get some help with their life. So I just wait till people uh, move towards us, and then I just speak openly and honestly as somebody that's, that's just trying to figure it out too. So I'm not the answer man, um, but I am somebody that's trying to follow this real person that really makes a difference in absolutely everything in my life. And so it's easy to talk about that part of Jesus. Cool. So again, this, is, this isn't a call to be passive, right? This isn't a call to just sit back and wait for people to come knocking on our doors asking us questions. Right? This is a call for us to be out loving our neighbors. And as we're developing relationships, the questions will start coming at us. Right? I can't, I haven't, you know, lived out on my own that much. I'm 25, but for me, where I've primarily noticed this is in working, in my work environments, right? When I worked around a lot of people who weren't Christian, um, I installed printers for just about five years, big office printers, um, went around, networked them, installed them everywhere, and um, just being around with clients, installing those people on my work, when they began to find out I was Christian and not just say I was Christian, but actually live like I was Christian, Man, the questions would just start flying at me, and I can't tell you how many times that opened up for me to have the perfect opportunity to just share my story with them. And you never know how God's going to use your story to inspire someone else. So know your story, know how to relate it, know where you're aiming. You're going to hit your shot every time. Let me pray for us. 
Dear God, Lord, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling, Lord, to just know how much you have us in your care. That even when we're freaking out, going, God, why am I having to deal with this? Why is this happening? Why am I struggling with this? God, you're going, I got this whole thing under control. And you're just waiting for us to invite you in to what we're going through so that our story can, that our struggle can begin to become the story, your story, God. A story that points others to you, and that's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for us to invite you in so that our struggle points others to you. So, Lord, I pray this week, God, I pray for a bold prayer. I pray as we're out this week continuing to love our neighbors, continuing to get to know their names, continuing to get to know who they are, and continuing to um, find a person of peace and to throw a party. And as we're doing just all these things with our neighbors, Lord, I pray it opens up conversations. God, I pray it opens up opportunities for us to share our story because nothing's more powerful than our story. And you know this, Lord. That's why you've given us all a story. So I pray you make us bold. I pray you you put it in our hearts to be ready. I pray that you speak through us in those moments and so that people in just begin to see how awesome and how good you are. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.